0: Welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 28. Today we discuss a very sensitive subject involving the Velveteen Dream and the not-so-surprising story of how Chris Jericho was not allowed to view WWE's action figures at a toy convention. As always, I am joined by the man of BS himself, Blake
1: Short. We're men with beards who all should fear.
0: <laughs> and the man of the hour, he could be your baby daddy, the super sexy Roy toy, the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. <clears throat> Daddy A,
2: Daddy E, Daddy I, Daddy O, Daddy U, Daddy sometimes Y. I was
0: hoping you were ending with that. That is okay. I'll take it. All right, guys. So uh, as as usual, we'll. Uh, I don't know how much our weeks have really changed. Um, let's start with you this time, Roy. What? How was your week, buddy? Hell yeah, man!
2: Holiday or sorry, sorry. Monday was a bit of a holiday for some of the people in <laughs> my house that I may be still feeling some of the effects of. Um, it's just so crazy that it landed on Monday Night Raw, which was great. We ended up doing that uh, Where You Can Rent Trolls for nineteen ninety nine, and that movie was so good. I can't wait till you guys see it. I know Blake intends to at some point. Um... Uh, the, the, it's so it's so cheery and happy that it just puts me in such a good mood watching it and i am i the only one that wonders like what the texture is of the trolls like do you watch trolls and you just want to squeeze them i feel like they're little gummy candies i want to squeeze the troll uh it had a really it had a big overlaying message about diversity and uh people's differences like it really hit you over the head with that but The reason it got a pass for me is because it didn't, the message to me wasn't a lot about race or um, saying like, you know, we're all humans, we're all the same, stuff like that. The message was, yes, we are all different. Yes, get over it. And understanding that there are more differences than colors, there's people's upbringings and their backgrounds, their personalities, all of this stuff being very relevant to where I'm at in life right now. Uh, So for the second time, Trolls was a life-changing movie for me. Um, Other than that, I've been playing Super Mario on the Switch with our buddy Wingate, uh, playing the two-player, having the time of my life. I swear there was about two hours where I turned into Blake and I kept saying, okay, one more. And we just kept clearing out the levels. (laughs) Something else interesting that I wanted to talk to you guys about is that uh, Kaylee and I were playing Fortnite, and she had her friend hop on. And then her friend's brother hopped on. And he was playing with us. uh, And he's actually doing pretty good. He's not getting knocked down. He's getting kills and everything. And I find out he's five years old. I had no idea that five-year-olds were out here playing video games like this. And the last thing I want to talk to you guys about, way off the topic of wrestling, but I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, So you're familiar (laughs) with the porn sites where you have to pay... Or where you can subscribe to specific people and get, like, premium Snapchats or, like, private pictures of them and stuff like that. Yeah, only... Do you people. guys... Yeah, do you guys think that that's crossing the line in a relationship? Or is that the same as looking at porn? This is a conversation that I brought up to Raquel the other day.
1: So, His, it's not Raquel my thing.
2: subscribing to premium snaps?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not something that I'm into, but I don't... I think it's the same thing, to be honest. you think I, it's just the same as porn? I think it's pretty much
0: the
2: same, yeah. Well, think, Greg? I think it gets ridiculous to pay for any of that. So, yeah. Do you feel like it crosses a line, though, in terms of relationships? Because you figure a lot of the times when you're doing this stuff, some of these you're getting just ones that are supposedly private just for you. Um, I'm sure they're mass distributed. Uh, but sometimes there's conversations that can be involved in this little something small, maybe a winky face. But it is a little different from just scrolling through thumbnails and just picking something with no personal interaction whatsoever. So that's why I thought it was a really interesting conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure because I don't, I don't know. It's not something that I would even do. Um, I think it's ridiculous, but I, I guess to each its own. That's really all I have as far as advice on that, just because it's not something I have experience with or would even think to
2: do. Uh, first of all, I didn't ask for advice. This I is, not a, this is giving... not a situation that I found uh, myself in. I'm to just be just giving you
0: my input. This was
2: just uh, a
1: conversation.
2: But, yeah, that that was pretty much my week.
1: Well, you had a lot more going on than me. It's pretty much the same stuff. I, I was actually trying to find something interesting on my planner to talk about because I knew I didn't really have anything for this week. Unfortunately, it's kind of been the same stuff. The only thing that comes to mind for me was yesterday I was doing DoorDash and waiting for food at a very popular restaurant, and the line went completely around the building. And it was just extremely odd. I felt like I was in a Black Friday line or like a new gen video game line just waiting for something like that. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually in this line just waiting for food. Granted, it was moving really fast, so I didn't mind. But there was just so many people there and they couldn't let them all in that the line was just insane when I first looked at it. Are the initials TR?
0: What's that? Initials of this restaurant TR?
1: No, it was Chopsticks. Chopsticks.
0: Oh, well, that okay, if you were going to say it out loud in the first place, why didn't you just do it? Now, the reason I asked is because uh, I've seen a bunch of photos the last couple of days of Texas Roadhouse where they're just wrapped around the building, but they're literally just running food to cars constantly.
1: So this was actually, this wasn't cars, this was actually people standing outside waiting to get in, but they just can't let all those people in. It was probably, I don't know, maybe 40 people, so, and they were moving fast. No, I did not not say the restaurant for a particular reason, I just didn't know if it was really a big deal either way but um it's just weird times we're in right now like everybody in masks it's just it's ironic to me that if I were to go into a bank right now I'd have to wear a mask uh it's just it's such a weird time and I, I don't want to get used to it I can't wait to get past it but that was really the only thing that came up in my week that was unique to be honest with you. So I'll let you go into yours. Greg.
0: I'm going to touch on the mask part real quick. Um, it's crazy to think that like, so Kim gets off work earlier than I do at times. And before she went back to work with having the baby and all, um, the coronavirus and everything was starting. And it, it's weird to like send a text message or say, as she's leaving the house, like, do you have your mask? Like, it's just so weird. Um, But I'm also, I I just have this feeling that for the foreseeable future, our new norm is going to be like China, where they just wear masks as a respect thing, just in case. I feel like that's what we're going to be for a while. Um, I mean, there's talk is in like Disney, uh, like when they open their parks, having a temperature checkpoint, a security checkpoint, and you have to wear a mask. Like that's crazy. But into my week, um, It's like you said, Blake, it's pretty much been, it's been the same. Like I, I, I mean, the most I leave my house is to sit on the back deck or stand out front and make sure Caden's, you know, where he's supposed to be while he's playing and not doing certain things. Um, The one upside to my week, I know Roy and I talked about this is um, there was some, some thought that uh, his grandfather was going to come pick him up yesterday, um, which <clears throat> it's it's not that big of a deal cuz obviously for the reasons you guys know there's nothing i can do about that and and that is where he lives but just having him for the last month and a half and not having him leave at all for the last month and a half has been absolutely amazing like it's it's been absolutely everything i wanted so when the time does come when this is all over with it's going to suck so hard um i went through a period of like just really bad depression and anxiety yesterday just because I thought for sure he was leaving. So, um, but he didn't, uh, he's here still. Uh, we haven't had any word that he is coming to get picked up anytime soon. So that's, um, that's been the plus side of my week uh, is that he's still here. And it's, that's awesome. That I could still get to spend time with him. Um, unlike, you know, my usual every other weekend and very limited time. It feels like, so it's been, it's been pretty sweet.
1: That's awesome. How are you enjoying homeschooling right now? I hear so, that's a headache of a process.
0: It's, it's been a huge headache, a uh, big shout out to Kim because she's taken a, the brunt of it um, just cause she's a little more capable at the moment with what I have to do with work and what she's doing with work. Um, the times that I have sat down with him, it's been, it's been pretty difficult um, for other reasons. Uh, but I, I think he's starting to pick things up a little more. Um, I think it was just very confusing to him at first that he went from being in front of a teacher to staring at a laptop all day. So I think uh, it was a level of we had to figure out how to really explain what he's supposed to be doing um, because there's not somebody there that's telling them. He's literally reading a question and going, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And then we have to read the question. And some of these questions, I'm going to be honest with you, dude, the, the area he goes to school in, they are failing their kids big time big time. We even looked up the school to see what their passing rate was in different subjects and stuff. And they're below the average. Um, I think their passing rate for math is like a 23%. Like it's terrible. Um, So we, we started going through certain things and reading them and like the teacher just, it doesn't even know, like seem like the teacher knows what teaching is. It's really weird to see this stuff. Um, And it's sad actually, because for what we thought was our kid not paying attention and not understanding because he's not paying attention, it turns out that he's just not being taught right. So, I mean, the little stuff that we were able to break down to him and show him, the dude does amazing on now. I think, like, one of his biggest problems is capitalization, and he, for some reason, he can't understand to capitalize I's, but he'll get that.
1: Make sure he capitalizes his R's.
0: Oh, oh I got I to make sure he does that. You're right. You are absolutely Thank right. You. But, uh, other than that, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's the norm for us now. So we, I mean, we do it every week we work and teach them. So do what we got to do.
2: Cool. Can I just tell you guys that as an introvert, I am really thriving.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not super struggling. I would say in comparison to most people, because I, I keep myself pretty busy and entertained. So like boredom hasn't been an issue. For me, and, and I'm still working, too. So, it it's just, I think, I think for me, what's bothering me the most is not having interactions with friends. Like, not even having the option, really. That sucks, because that is something that I normally have on a weekly basis. And I don't have that. That part and sports have been the two things that have been bothering me the most about this whole situation.
0: What's crazy so you just... is... Go ahead, Greg. Uh, so what's crazy is... When it comes to leaving the house and actually going anywhere, I've definitely become an introvert over the last year or so. But now that we can't necessarily leave the house and do everything, it's bugging the shit out of me. Um, I mean, as both of you know, when we're around people and everything, I'm definitely an extrovert. I'm definitely the type that wants to communicate and BS and do whatever. But it's the fact that lately it's just getting me out of the house to do that. And the fact that I can't, I'm like, I'm going stir crazy. So I to be honest with you, I can't wait for the first Monday night where I can come over because it's gonna be I'm I'm leaving this house and I'm hanging out with y'all, that's for sure.
1: Oh shit, we're gonna get Greg for one Monday. Maybe so two if you're quick, lucky. On the on the topic, and
2: I don't want to talk about it too long, but you did you did just remind me, um and this this story doesn't have like a super great payoff to it or anything like that. But I had made the decision a few weeks ago and it was really hard for me to not go to work. And at first this opportunity came up and I'm thinking, I mean, those of you who know me know that I'm I'm not super happy with where I'm at. So of course the first thing I'm thinking is this is an opportunity to get out of work. But I, I didn't do that because I have a lot of things that need to be taken care of right now. And so I kept going. And I'm wearing, I'm wearing the mask, which I can't, I hate these masks. I cannot breathe in them. Oh, I can't breathe. And people don't understand that. People, oh, you can't breathe? Like, talk to me like I'm stupid about it. I'm like, no, I can't fucking breathe. Um, and it also pokes me in my damn eyes all the time. I don't know how that keeps happening. Nobody else seems to have that issue. So I made the decision uh, after doing more research, because I feel like there's just constant misinformation. I realized that I am at higher risk And that because of some of the things going on with me, that there's just, I I was just at higher risk. And I remember this is so silly, but as wrestling fans, I think people listening might understand, but I do, I do think it's silly. It was when Roman Reigns uh, dropped out of the main event. And I kept thinking about that. And I was like, if somebody like him uh, would give up something like that, then maybe this is more serious. Maybe I should take it more seriously. So like I said, eventually I ended up, go I ended up not going to work and I was feeling really upset about that like I really felt felt like I was failing and I kept going back and forth and thinking like why do I feel like I'm a failure because I don't want to jeopardize my health and sometime last week we ended up finding out that the pharmacist actually ended up testing positive for corona and this is somebody that I would have worked closely with and so I've actually felt a lot less I felt really validated the last couple of days in my decision because I think there's a there's such a good chance that I could have ended up with that, and I at least now kind of feel somewhat like maybe I made the right call.
1: Yeah, so it's it's definitely starting to hit a lot closer to home. A buddy of ours, Greg and I, you know, Leo Roy, his brother actually has it oh, and wow. has tested positive for it. So, and that's somebody I know very closely. I've known him for um, God, pretty much his whole life. So. It's starting to hit closer to home it's starting to get a little bit more real you know even though we all knew it was real when when you have somebody that you know and you've spent time with who has it you go wow you know it, it starts to hit home a little bit more
0: yeah I, I yeah when I told you that Blake I was just I got chills thinking about it because I mean this is somebody that for God knows how long we've always looked at as a little brother to us so it, it was crazy to see to see the post on Facebook and just the outpouring of support that you know People thinking about him, hoping he gets better and everything. Um, it, it's been a crazy week as far as friends go without going into too much others. I know Blake and I were hit with a little bit of something, and that definitely came out of nowhere. Um, but let's uh, <laughs> let's try to bring the, uh, the mood up a little bit. Although this first story, it I don't know how to feel about it. I have multiple reports on it as to what's going on. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, The Velveteen Dream is looking to be a child predator almost. Uh, uh, There's reports that he's been sending uh, unsolicited pictures to minors. Um, In one case, they're saying it's multiple minors. In another, it's saying it's one specific person. He's come out and said that he that those pictures were not sent uh, with his permission, that somebody got a hold of his phone and sent those out. Right now, we don't have a definite answer, and this is definitely something that we're gonna hear about for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some type of uh, court cases involved and and everything. Where do you guys stand on this, and where do you what do you think of the situation and? Do you think that somebody got a hold of his phone? Do you think that that's just an easy out these days with all the celebrity phone hacks that happened? Do you think he is actually sending these? Like how do you feel about this?
1: I don't I, this topic is kind of tough for me to discuss because it's it's just me guessing. You know, I don't know. I don't know velvetine velvetine dream. I hope that what he's saying is true and that it wasn't something that he did. Because if so, then, I mean, that's pretty much it for him in his career. And that's been one of my favorite wrestlers, especially in NXT. So I'm rooting for him in the fact that I hope that he is telling the truth and that it didn't happen. But if it did, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for him.
2: Yeah, if he, if he did what he's being accused of, then he deserves whatever is coming to him. Um, at the opposite end of that, if he didn't do what he's being accused of, uh, unfortunately, there's a good chance that it's still going to have negative impacts on him anyway. Uh, that's something that I'm concerned about, but we'll find out more over time, I'm sure. There's a lot of questionable, questionable things on both sides. Um, everything keeps getting deleted. There was a screen grab of Velveteen sending a voice message, and they played the voice message, which sounded like him. Um, so I don't know. It's, I don't have a lot of, this is a very serious thing. And so I don't have any opinion on it just yet until we know which way it's going to go, because I don't want to make an
1: assumption either way. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a touchy subject because unfortunately what Roy said is true. He's going to be looked at differently. Regardless, there's going to be somebody who hears about this story that never even hears, whether it was true or not, and they just judge him based off the fact that he was accused off of it. That's the unfortunate part if it isn't true. But, yeah, it, it's it's a subject to where I don't want to be like, yeah, I think he did it or I think he didn't, because I feel like if you're saying that you think somebody did this, then you're essentially saying, okay, he did it. You know what I mean? It, it It's hard to give an opinion on something like this without facts.
2: And I'll I will be extremely disappointed if it comes out that he did because I've really gotten behind him. I
0: agree, yep. Roy. Um, I, I'm I'm on both sides of the coin with you guys. It sucks because he is getting momentum again. Um, he came back from an injury. He's been getting a push, and the thing that's going to suck about this is that if I mean it, either way you flip it, if he did it, obviously that's some shitty shit. So. That you got that side, but then you've got the other side where people aren't going to care what the result of this is as far as whether he's found guilty or not. If he's not found guilty, there's going to be so many people that still think that he did it anyway, that he's he's just going to lose anything that he has because nobody's going to want to care to see him, Um, which sucks because there's it's going to be that group of people that's going to damper his career if it does come out that this was something that somebody else did that he had no hand in it. Um they're still not going to believe it and they're going to, they're going to lash out against him and and it sucks.
2: And Uh, I don't want this to age, age poorly. And it sounds like we spent too much time talking about if he didn't, because there is, there's just as much chance that this did happen. And I don't want it to be about defending him because that is something that is for lack of a better word, pretty fucking disgusting. Um, Especially somebody in the position that he's in, where I'm going to imagine it's so much easier to influence people and have them reciprocate the photographs. Um, I don't know. I'm very interested in it. I feel like – I almost feel like this is somebody I know, and I need to know if you did this or not, so that I know if I can continue to send my love or not to this person.
0: I, I'm with you on that. Like watching him last night after seeing all this was kind of hard to watch. Like, I was like, I don't know if I should be behind him right now. I don't know if I should continue to support him until I know, like I was very confused watching his match last night or not last night, but uh, I watched NXT yesterday. So that's why. Um, so it was very weird to me.
1: The other issue is his character is a very s- sexual character. Yeah. Yep. Um, so going forward, what does that do for his character if he didn't do it you know he can he even play the same character anymore because it it will be looked at a certain way right it, it's if he if he didn't do it it is very unfortunate if he did do it then he deserves whatever comes his way
0: absolutely all right let's uh let's move on we'll i'm sure we'll find out more in the weeks to come um so this next one is kind of interesting um so There was a toy convention a few months back, right before all the coronavirus stuff happened, um, that AEW was a part of because they had just released their first set of action figures. Uh, Chris Jericho was on hand, and he went to go into the WWE display of their action figures and was told that he was not allowed to enter. Um, I'm going to read you a quote. It's a little lengthy from Jericho himself that says... Let me give you the other side of the coin. I was downstairs and wanted to see the WWE set up, and they told me I couldn't. I was like, the fuck, I can't? I've made these guys millions of dollars in action figures, and you're telling me I can't go up there? So I walked up there, and there was a security guard who wouldn't let me in. But there was a guy who works for whoever WWE works with was like, uh, come on in. I went in, and I was filming stuff for my Instagram story. Oh, here I am, the horror comic stuff, and here I am at WWE. He's like, please don't post that. I could lose my job. I was like, is this where we're at? You're going to lose your job because you let, you let the enemy in just to look. By the way, it was a really shitty setup that WWE had compared to our setup. I was very surprised. So, essentially, he's banned from seeing WWE's setup of action figures. And somebody sticks their neck out that isn't supposed to and lets him in. Is this really where we're at with WWE and and these these previous wrestlers? I mean, he gave, I mean, it was ninety nine percent of Chris Jericho's career was in WWE. What what kind of support does this show this person? That I know you're in another industry and everything, but how many other guys went or not other industry, but another uh, promotion? How many of these wrestlers go to another promotion, but you hear WWE constantly say, oh, we'll always support this person, we'll always do this. How do you take arguably the top five best guys you've ever had in your company and essentially go, fuck you? Like, all over a toy display.
2: So I'll, I want to start off here. The tone of this, I, this is the first time that I've heard this, and uh, the tone of it seems to be, oh, man, like, how dare they not let me in? And I don't feel that way. I don't think this was personal. I think this was business. Why would I let my competitor in to what I'm doing, something like that? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it was personal. I don't think that anybody in WWE sat down and wrote a memo of, you know, screw Chris Jericho. And I also sympathize with these four guys here that he's given shit who are just doing their job, who are just told, I uh, don't let, you know, certain people in. And if you want proof that they shouldn't have let him in, it's at the very end of that where he said that their setup was shit. That's exactly why you don't let the competitors in. That's exactly why. I think he I think he proved them correct in their decision by then trash-talking the display. I don't know what it looked like. It may have looked like shit, but I know that if I have a display and I have competitors or whatever, I'm not letting people come over so that they could trash-talk like he just did.
0: And that's the thing with these conventions, though, is you're— I've never heard of the competitor not being allowed in. Most people, uh, like I mean, let's let's take something that we're all used to. Do you really think that during PlayStation's, you know, press releases at E three, that there is? I have people no Xbox idea what the there? setup
2: is for these kind of things, so <laughs> I can't comment on all of that. But I'd imagine if he was allowed in there, that they they wouldn't have told him that he wasn't. Well, you know, that's not always true. Sometimes people make mistakes, but
0: right, I, I can imagine think
2: that they have security to, to tell people no if they're
0: not allowed to. I don't think he would have went as far as calling it a shitty setup if he was just allowed in in the first place. I'll be honest, that have...
2: really rubs me the wrong way. I don't like that. I don't like that he spent all of that time talking about he should be allowed to do it because he did all of that for them threw the guy under the bus that said, I'm risking my job. You don't think it's going to be hard to figure out who that is? Why is that guy going to get fired? Because he did the thing that Chris Jericho wanted him to do, trying to be nice to him. And you still throw him under the bus. And then you still talk about their stuff being shitty. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes WWE does go overboard with some of this stuff as far as like Jericho's podcast and not letting him interview WWE talent and stuff of that nature. And I, I think... Some of the stuff can be a touchy subject, but Jericho kind of did paint himself in a negative light here with his his final comment, because I think if he would have went a more conservative route and was just like, this happened, I'm not really sure why this happened, and stopped there, it would have resonated a lot better. But when he essentially did what they feared he would do by shitting on WWE, and then threw somebody under the bus by saying that, you know what I mean? They could lose a job and all that stuff. It, it's not a good look for him because he not only may have affected someone's job, but pretty much did what you, WWE probably expected him to do. And it it proved them right more than it proved Jericho right. You know, he kind of, he, he took it to social media, to, probably to get like people to back him up, which I'm sure people did. It's I'm Jericho. sure it worked, And I love Jericho to death. I do too, yeah. But, he would, he would have served himself much better had he not have said, yeah, and it looked like shit. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds like a competitor to me. Uh, yeah, this is a weird thing. I, I don't agree with a lot of the things WWE does and how they are like, it seems like they're really against Jericho. Because this all started by Vince basically telling Jericho to go to AEW in the first place. And I know, I don't think he realized it would be anywhere near where it is right now. But still, you know, it doesn't make you it right. It's odd to be like, yeah, go ahead and go, and then be like, we are not mentioning this guy's name ever again. Like, he's on. I'll do this or that. But this situation, I feel like he was a little bit in the wrong.
0: So, like I said, i I feel as if if this has just went smoothly and he wasn't told he wasn't allowed in and everything, I don't think he would have called it a shitty setup. I think he I don't either. said that it was it wasn't the greatest, or just he wouldn't have worded it as strongly as he did. And the reason I say that is, is because Jericho still to this day will stick his neck out to support WWE superstars on the daily. He, he I don't know if you guys saw, I don't have the exact comments and everything, but he tweeted out a pretty heartfelt uh, thing about Triple H in 25 yeah, years. yesterday. I agree with all that. that. Um, so to still continue to support the company, even though it seems like they could give two shits about him, I don't necessarily feel he would have went that far to bash them if it wasn't for the disrespect of just,
2: no, you're not allowed in. And see, like I said, yeah, devil's like said, advocate, you can't judge somebody based on the perfect conditions.
1: I, that's I hear the you. problem. I hear you. Because I, I, I agree with that. I think that's true. I don't think he would have bashed them. But yeah, the I problem is, by, is him not, by him not taking the high road and by him saying that, he painted himself in a different light. That's the issue. I agree with everything you're saying. I think Jericho, I see Jericho, even on his podcast, I hear him. He doesn't try and shit talk Vince. He's, he actually says some positive things about Vince and, in his podcast, or he doesn't mention certain things. Like, it's a mix. You know what I mean? Like, he'll acknowledge the negative, but he also gives Vince a lot of credit, too. So I don't think this is like Vincent Mann versus Chris Jericho or anything like that. I think he just did himself a disservice by not just yeah, taking he was just
2: the high being a little spiteful towards the
1: end
0: there. In that. Yeah, and, and that... Hey, guys, and that, carry this conversation on. I have to go save my wife from a huge spider, apparently.
1: Okay. Yeah, so for for Jericho, I think it's just a matter of... It's, it's not like we're against Jericho or we feel like Chris Jericho is somebody trying to paint a negative light on WWE. It's just in this instance, I think he made the wrong move by pretty much being like, it sucked. You know, like, yeah. that's what they're afraid of.
2: I really, this conversation will rile me up sometimes when they'll talk about the different things. Like, um, what was it? Vicky Guerrero wouldn't let them uh, interview AEW people? Is that what it was? There's something with Vicky Guerrero's podcast, and WWE wouldn't let her interview AEW people or something. I didn't
1: know anything about Vicky Guerrero. I know Jericho's, that he was. So, so maybe it's the same thing.
2: Either way, I don't understand this, like, uh, well, why, isn't, why aren't we playing nice with the competition? I'm not saying you have to like go out there and shoot each other, but it is your competition. You should keep some things close to your chest. Why would your people be out there interviewing the other people and give somebody a platform where they – and we know like the personality that these wrestlers have. It's not always the most controllable. You don't know what's going to be said. It's not a controlled environment. I would not just want to take my people and send them somewhere else and have no creative control or – I So I don't – whenever people talk about that kind of stuff, I automatically get a little defensive because I'm like, yes, they should have some things that they keep to themselves. And this is another instance where I'm like, you are the competition. Why is it hard for you to understand why you wouldn't be allowed in there and that it's not just a personal thing? And then at the very end when he validates the entire argument, I'm like, this is exactly why, Chris. This is why. And um, it really rubs me the wrong way too that he's specifically with the security guard guy who is literally just following orders from another guy that's following orders from another guy that's following orders from an email. You know what I mean? What did this guy have to do with anything? He was one-on-one with you and told you, like, I am jeopardizing my job by letting you in, Uh, which, I mean, an arguments to be made at the end of the day, he's the one that chose to jeopardize his job. But ultimately, this guy gave Jericho what he wanted and still got fucked over for that.
1: Yeah, that, that part bothers me a little bit too because I've been in that middleman position with our jobs, you know, to where it's like you're you're kind of between a rock and a hard place and you're trying to make the right decision. He probably he may have known Jericho from his days in WWE and built a friendship with him and felt bad to be the guy to be like, No, we're not we're not doing this But at the same time, it's like for Jericho, he's like Trying to do Instagram stories in there. What did you think he was gonna? What do you think he wanted to do? What do you think his intent was? Do you think he was gonna go in there and be like, "These are fantastic and better than Yeah, look AEW. at these <laughs>
0: compared to ours, just as good.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, like, so it's like I, I get it, you know. What was he gonna say? Was it Wasn't gonna be anything positive towards WWE. The the best thing I could have seen him saying and been like, oh, these are pretty good," you know what I mean? Like he may have done that, but he wasn't gonna be like, "Look at these; these are fantastic."
0: All right, sorry guys. I uh, my wife freaked out over a spider, so I had to go save
1: that. Um, That's so- all right. I I had something pop up on the top corner and said like no internet connection, which I have a clear internet connection. So it's just been chaos so far to start to solve. What's our next topic?
0: Wonderful. Our next topic is uh, the part of the week y'all wait for: rant and rave wrestling where we're going to compare Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW and tell you what we thought the best show of the week was. Today's rotation, I believe, is Gerber. However the hell you pronounce that. Um, is it not Gerb?
1: I think it's is it Gerb. Ger-
0: is it Gerb? Okay. I thought Gerb didn't sound right at all. So, okay, I think you're right. It is Gerb. So, that means it starts with me. Say <laughs>
1: <laughs> that
0: again? Gerb. All right, so my number one rant of the week is going to be Zelina Vago on commentary. I am getting so annoyed of her being on the mic. It's just she. At first, it was pretty cool. Is the the normal heel thing, telling the other commentators to shut up. You know, my clients are the best. This and that. To. Constant whining and screaming on the mic, and I cannot tolerate it much longer. So you hated Selena Vega that much on commentary? Bro, it was so annoying. And that's being nice, because Raw this week, that's all Raw got was rants this week, so... I didn't even write down half the stuff I thought was wrong with Raw because I felt like I was—I I could just take the whole show and make it a
2: rant in itself. Yeah, I thought about putting Raw in the rant section. Exactly, that's how I it? felt about it.
1: Raw is right. my whole rant section.
2: <laughs> my turn. Yes, sir. All right, my number one rant for the week is going to go to Rey Mysterio defeating Murphy. I don't know why this happened. Rey Mysterio has gone on record multiple times. That's the time he only has days left. So I don't know if he's even going to make it to the pay-per-view. But this is exactly what I was—I said I was worried about when they switched, I guess, what you would call the Disciples with Rollins, which I'm not even 100% sure what that alliance looks like anymore. It's been a little confusing for me. But I was worried, does that mean that we're just completely dropping uh, Murphy being with Seth and any kind of push that was going to come with that? And this isn't even a case of like you put two great up-and-comers up against each other and it was going to be okay either way. The fact that they chose Rey Mysterio to go over him tells me there are no plans for Buddy Murphy.
1: None at all. And another failed opportunity to take someone who continues to put on fantastic matches, including in this one, and showcase them in the Money in the Bank. Even had he not won... The Money yeah. in the Bank. I think he could have showcased well enough to continue to build his character. Instead, they mortgaged their future on old talent like Ray Mysterio, and Ray's not going to win the Money in the Bank. So, what's the point of having him in there?
2: I'm very disappointed
1: by by that. Me too. That was actually my second rant for this week, but my number one. Was what in the cringeworthy hell fake ass ride along kind of shit was that with the Viking Raiders?
2: No, oh, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time tonight, it's time for rant versus
1: rave. Look, Roy, I, I there's some things that when they're goofy, I get into them. This was not the group to make goofy. This, these were two guys who did not lose in NXT, did not lose in Raw for the longest time and won the tag team championships. These are guys that I took seriously that I thought were a very good tag team and they have slowly trickled down to a team that I can't take as seriously who has fallen off to the point where I haven't seen them much in Raw. And now we're going to make them a joke tag team. And to me, that means that they, they have fallen. They are going to be jobbers soon. And I'm really upset about that. I don't want to see these two as a joke tag team saying we're men with beards who all should beer in this ride along shit. I don't like it at all.
2: Okay. So for me, this was the most personality that I saw out of them since being on raw. And I think that's why I enjoyed it. And I buy into them much more as two people who are really into Viking culture than I do when they were presented constantly as like, okay, here are these two Vikings about to rape and pillage the ring. So it's a lot. It's it's easier for me to get behind them when it's just two guys that are just into it versus I'm supposed to believe these are actual fucking Vikings that just came over here on a boat and are about to eat deer hearts in the ring or whatever it is that they do. They keep telling me that they eat deer hearts or something, right? Because Sarah Logan likes the heart of something. I don't know. I don't know what Vikings do. But So it helped add a little bit more realism. It helped curb that for me a little bit. Um, uh, I like men with beards. So I was fine with that part. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't anything that was like, holy shit. But it definitely, it did change my mind on the Viking Raiders a little bit. So that's why I ended up putting it on the rave. Because I was like, I was a lot more interested in this than if they just came out, did their whole serious bit, did the squash thing. And I'm not saying this should be a rave because it wasn't awful. Um, you know, I don't mean to compare it to all the bad things and say that's why it's good. It just, it turned the characters around a little bit for me.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you that they didn't really show much character. And I, and I think that was a fault of WWE. They didn't really give them a chance to do that. And they also changed them. They were fine in NXT when they were the um, War Raiders.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a a rant. I'm not even going to get into that. That's a rant for
1: me. They they were fine as the War Raiders. So it's like now I'm not going to credit them for trying to give them a change here because I don't think this change is any good either. I think they're just going to be a bunch of dancing Vikings, and that doesn't make any sense to me either.
0: So this didn't really weigh either side to me. So – One thing that I did think, though, that Blake touched on was you took these two serious guys and just made them silly. And to me, the reason why it didn't go anywhere was because I watched this and went, well, that's typical WWE. We got a team that came from NXT to, to Raw, SmackDown, whatever it was at the time. And they originally wanted to call them the Viking experience. And it's like, okay, what the hell are you doing? Why do they need a name change? Then the next week they were the Viking Raiders. And it's like, we didn't know what this team even was anymore. They had three names in a matter of a week. Um, So when you finally gave them a push and we were like, okay, at least they're still allowing them to do their in-ring stuff. They're still, you know, winning and stuff like that. It took, it kind of took away from changing their name and everything. And then, You go from that to now we've got this comedic group of Vikings and it's like, I don't, I don't understand where you're going with it. I, I'm not against it, but I'm also not supporting it. Um, but because Blake did touch on one thing that I was thinking about and I'm going to give it a rant because I don't agree with them going from this serious ass group and we didn't get anything. There wasn't a slight change in their ring performance. that was like, okay, these guys are starting to get silly or anything. One week we have them dominate, and the next week they're riding in a car, eating turkey legs, repeating whatever the hell they're saying as a joke and laughing and stuff. And I'm like, yes, these guys are obviously allowed to enjoy their lives and everything, but this was a really weird way to do it to me. So on to our raves for the week. Um, And this is pretty hard because I have a ton of raves I do think that I'm going to give my number one to triple H's 25 year segment last night. So we start off, we have triple H come out. Obviously he's not going to be in ring gear or anything. So he comes out in his suit. He's carrying his bottle of water. We're going to get our triple H that we're used to. He gets to the side of the ring before he takes a drink of his water. A guy comes by in a face mask and takes it away because we can't be spitting water out in times like these guys. That was pretty funny in itself. That was pretty clever. Uh, the fact that he was so distraught that this guy just took his bottle of water, he's like, "What the hell, man?" He's like talking to commentary, he's talking to cameramen, like, "What do you, what, what did this guy just do?" So, we're standing there. Triple H is, you know, giving his little speech about, you know, the last twenty five years, and of course, Shawn Michaels' music hits. Um, to be honest with you, I, I, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. Just because of what's going on right now, the fact that we're in these live or we're not live, we're in these, you know, recorded times. I don't know if we're back to live or if they're still recording. I'm, I'm still confused on that. But you have Shawn Michaels come out, and in Shawn Michaels and Triple H fact, you know, uh, fashion, we have the back and forth comedic part of it. To the point that uh, Shawn Michaels mentions that Miss No Fun, Stephanie McMahon, is the only part of Triple H and his friendship that he didn't like. So Triple H gets a phone call that started this whole string of phone calls that Triple H is just getting annoyed that people are constantly calling in, so he hangs up. Then Vince McMahon comes out, and that's what kind of got me, and this is what turned the segment for me, was we don't ever really get a Vince McMahon sentimental speech or anything, and of course he had his jokes in there and him you know making fun of some of Triple H's performances, but he ended with like, I mean, he even said it, he was like my son-in-law. That's right. I said it because he doesn't acknowledge that. And then he ends it with telling him that he loves him, which was pretty cool because that's not something you expect from Vince McMahon. And it just shows you how much he really does appreciate what triple H has done for the company over the last 25 years. And not just that, but the level of family man that he is as well. So this gave me both sides of triple H and I thought it was a really good way to celebrate him. Obviously, we can keep saying it. If it was in an arena, what they really could have done, what they really could have had happen in a live show, but this is my number one rave, and I thought it was done very well with what they had.
2: So to recap, first he goes, he, he votes against me in Rant versus Rave. Then he goes on to make his number one rave, Triple H. He stole that from me too. <laughs> uh, that was also my number one, and if if I can, there are a few other parts that I really enjoyed. That I want to talk to you guys about. Um, first of all, it's starting with him saying, with Sean saying that he invited all of Triple H's closest people and everybody that loves him, and it was an empty arena, uh, which was hilarious. And this reminded me so much of the DX Hall of Fame ceremony, which was like one of the most enjoyable like live events that I've ever went to. Just reminiscing with them. Um, and this really was filled with a ton of my favorite wrestling personalities. Um, so, you know, Triple H and Shawn starting out. And then he gets to the Stephanie part, which I love Stephanie. And she calls and she's FaceTiming him. And I think this was the first time that I've ever heard anybody in WWE reference uh, Shawn Michaels' eye. And so as he's trying to hang up, she's like, you tell that lazy-eyed that I was cracking up. Is Sean, he's, he still continues to mock her in the background. And Triple H is like, no, no, he's not. And she's like, I can see him. And she's talking so calm. She's like, I can see him right there. Um, then he's talking to Flair. And I think for Flair, I think Flair was supposed to say a lot more. And he got choked up. And he couldn't do it. And that's why he's like, that's all I can say. I'm sorry. And they hung up. And then right before commercial, some, did somebody, somebody called back and was crying, right? <laughs> I think Ric Flair tried to call him back. Because he wanted to finish the promo, but was still crying so hard. And because it's on a delay, they hurried up and went to commercial. That's honestly what I think happened there. Uh, and then and then they said it. Uh, something that I never thought that they would say. And they said, Katie Vick. And I just got done like telling this story to Antonio recently. He didn't remember the Katie Vick angle. So as soon as he said Katie Vick, I was like, oh, shit. And then Vince came out, which just added more to it. I was just getting so hyped the more and more that this continued to go on. I, I, For a moment, I thought that this was going to be a baton-passing moment because it seemed like maybe that's what Vince was building up towards, but we didn't end up getting that, which is fine. Um, at one point, I actually paused the TV to see how much time was left because I was enjoying it that much. I didn't want to be blindsided by like it ending in the next minute or so. I wanted to really know how much time I had to enjoy it also it was really surreal hearing vince talk about some of the angles hearing him say that the katie vick thing was in poor taste which everybody has said for years but really do you see wwe just say that or vince mcmahon himself um i love that he said he got it he, he acknowledges his own bad ideas he's like i got it in my head that we needed a mascot and he talks about the gobbledygooker and I'm like what a bad idea that was he mentions offhandedly, oh, I believe that's the same night The Undertaker debuted. And I don't know if that was a joke or if he's really is that unsure to the fact that the gobbledygooker overshadowed The Undertaker in his head because of what a failure that was. And then finally hearing him talk about the Bailey, this is your life segment, which was something that we hated. And I love that he threw that. That wasn't Bailey's fault, by the way. Like, he threw that in there. And it really, for all of the shit that we give him and that he deserves to get, This was, it was kind of like just seeing an old family member. uh, And I just really enjoyed seeing him talk about some of these things. Um, And poor Triple H, like the end of his celebration is they turn the lights off on him and there's crickets. This (laughs) this segment was absolutely hilarious. And Greg, I'm sorry that I kind of like hijacked it from you, but this, I was so excited to talk about this one. And um, uh, it said that it's going to continue on Monday. I don't know if you guys saw that. So I'm really excited for Monday now, too. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about it before I move on to my actual rave?
0: No, I I was just trying to keep it a little shorter just because. But, hey, I'm okay with you going in on it. I know how you feel about Triple H. Uh, I figured this was a segment segment that was going to sit very well with you. So perfectly fine with you hijacking it, man. Uh,
2: So now my number one is going to go to Flim Flam. Which I'm assuming is the AEW. Ver- oh, I'm sorry, Blake. It just trickles down, man. See what you did, Greg?
1: No, no, it wasn't my number one, but it was hilarious. Oh, so that's okay, why I'm just laughing because it just as soon as you said the flint flame, I just could picture them all doing the flint flame now. All
2: right, this 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 had everything, man. For me, <laughs> I scroll TikTok endlessly. I love Chris Jericho, and they even had Walgreens hand sanitizer. Did anybody else catch that?
1: I didn't know it was Walgreens. (laughs) It was was Walgreens'
2: brand hand sanitizer. Um, And so they're all kind of like doing their thing. And I love at the very end, Chris Jericho gets pissed at Sammy Guevara. I guess he wanted to hand sanitizer says, It wasn't even that great! (laughs) And he's so pissed off about it. And he just ends the crawl. Um, It was so much fun. I think it was better than the first Bubbly Bunch episode. And I hope that it becomes a trilogy. I'm going to, I'm going to hijack this one just a little bit because this one, we got to move on. What do you got, Blake?
0: (laughs) I hate so much sometimes. Uh, so one of the things that I really enjoyed was that it wasn't even a full bottle of hand sanitizer. If you noticed, um, it was definitely a used bottle. The second (laughs) one was, I don't know if you've seen the video Roy, but I know Blake and I have where he had the Roomba at the end of the shot. So there's a video where he's like talking and he's calling this person pompous and like he's getting real pissed off. And he's like, fucking respond to me. And then he like scrolls, like he zooms out and it's the Roomba just running around. So he's basically like, he hates the, the Roomba. And then at the end, there's just this, the Roomba's just sitting next to him and it like zooms in on it and shit. So it was kind of a nod at his Twitter video, which I thought was funny as shit. Yeah,
1: this was hilarious. <laughs> I, I love that Sammy just completely went off at the end, and Jericho just tossed <laughs> the sanitizer at the phone as if he's like, wow, could show off. And it was all for Sammy to begin with.
2: That was <laughs> the first sure time that up. he got upset with Sammy, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's so. their team name? The Sex Gods? Yes, the Sex Gods. Uh, fantastic stuff from AW. My number one for this week was Darby Allen beating Sammy Guevara oh. in what I thought was an amazing match. They Before the match even started, they had the spot with the ladder, which looked extremely painful. Like there was no give in that setup at all. It looked much more painful for Guevara than it did for Darby. But another great match between these two. I would have been okay with either one winning. I think Darby was the right choice right now, and I just I don't want to dig too much into it because it may be something that one of you guys get into or I do later. But I love what they did as far as broadcasting the TNT Championship Tournament and the things that they put in on this show for it.
0: All right. Back over to Rants. My next one is going to go to Raw again. Uh, Surprise. And this one is going to be the teaming up of Ricochet and Cedric Alexander in an enhancement match. So you essentially buried Ricochet uh, where he was gaining some momentum. There was a period where him and black were getting, getting wins and stuff. And instead of continuing that they put Ricochet against Brock Lesnar in a title match where it was over in a matter of seconds. Then they don't use him. Then they put him on, I think a uh, main event or whatever the hell the sideshow show is that they do. And And then you have him come out in this tag team that we're supposed to just automatically get behind because it's Ricochet and Cedric Alexander and you put them against two nobodies that still had a lot of offense against them. So how, one, how are you going to use an enhancement match where you still have these two guys essentially getting their asses kicked at times? Like you don't ever really see that in enhancement matches. So I don't understand their direction of this. And this just, again, feels like a random tag team thrown together because it's two guys that they have nothing
2: for. Wow, it got quiet. I all don't right, want to so talk I, about yeah. I don't want to talk
1: <laughs> about Bre- Brendan Fink and Shane Thorne at all anymore. All right, fair. Seen way too much of them, so I was just waiting on you to move mm-hmm. on to yours.
2: All right, well, my next my next rant is going to go to uh, the Natural Dustin Rhodes, this jackass and his stupid <laughs> retirement angle. I don't think that that this tournament needed that. I don't need that kind of spotlight on uh, Dustin Rhodes. I don't need Dustin Rhodes in this tournament, and I don't care that he's he retired. Is he is he going to do it all tournament? Is it so that Lance Archer can retire Dustin and then face Cody Rhodes?
0: So part of me is starting to feel that this is a setup for Dustin versus Cody, and it's going to be a retirement match, and Cody retires Dustin.
2: Stupid. I don't like this. I don't like this particular. Like side story to the to the tournament. Um, I'm just not into it.
1: I don't. I think it was just for that match. He was just saying, like, you know, I need to at least. I can't just lose in the first round of this tournament. I need to beat a guy like Kip Sabian. I do not think that he beats Lance Archer at all. I don't think he retires if Lance Archer beats him. I did not get that vibe. I guess we'll see next week. Oh. And that brings it to me, and my next rant is going to be Rawl, once again. Rawl is rant, and I'm going with the Nia Jax rematch against Kyrie Sane, just in case you haven't picked up on the fact that she's a jobber now. They wanted to let you know that we're going to give you a second match with her and Nia Jax so that she can lose again, and I recently read that it appears that Kyrie Sane will not be renewing her contract, so now this all is starting to make sense. Yeah,
2: Craig, are I'm, you keeping score over there, buddy? I sure am. All right. Um,
0: I, I felt the same way about this match, Blake. And then halfway through it, I went, again, why am I even surprised? At least one of these matches was going to have – or, yeah, at least one of these matches for a spot in the, the Money in the Bank was going to have a rematch, I feel. I feel like that's something we get all the time. Of course this is the one the one that you don't even have the slightest feeling that Kyrie can even win. Um, and now that you said about the contract and everything, it all makes sense. And I hate that. This is how WWE feels about their superstars. It's starting to get old that if somebody decides they're leaving, they become the person that has to go out on their back and everything. you you feel that down on them about it. Could, you could honestly, I, I truly feel that if Randy Orton one day said, all right, guys, I'm out, as much as he did for the company, he would lose his last 10 matches. And it's upsetting that that's how they treat some of their superstars, because it almost makes it feel like they're doing this so that when they do go to another promotion, it almost feels like they have no momentum whatsoever. And it's kind of annoying, and it's it's pretty shitty of them to do, I think.
1: Well, clearly Nia Jax isn't like most Still, because she damn near killed Kyrie by throwing her into the turnbuckle, which is a whole nother issue of Nia Jax that has been touched on before. But, yeah, I I didn't need to see it again. I I dealt with it the week prior. I didn't make it a ring. So it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to rant about this. This is what I expected. But to do it again the next week, I'm just like, all right, this is overkill.
0: All right. uh, So back to the raves. Uh, my next rave is going to be. I'm gonna go with the Matt Hardy video package on AEW. Um, I lo- I enjoyed how he started off as Broken Matt Hardy, um, talking about how he put out this invitation to Jericho to come to the Hardy Compound for a match, and all Jericho's doing is using you know his bubbly crew to. Uh, essentially go after Matt like he's using Sammy Guevara to go after people that he's talking shit about and all this stuff and then he he just flat out says, you know what? bring all of them. bring Sammy, bring whoever I don't care. I'm ready for it. and he's like, I'll even let you talk to my vessel Matt Hardy and then they they shoot to the shot of he's just regular old Matt Hardy talking about how how he's known Chris Jericho for a long time and this is the the Chris Jericho that he should he shouldn't be surprised that is happening right now the guy who talks a bunch of trash but doesn't back it up type of thing and I thought it was I thought it was well done that they went from broken to regular Matt Hardy. I thought that was a pretty cool concept and the only part about this that I I'm hoping and it's because we saw it in in WWE as I'm hoping that if they go to the Hardy Compound for for a match it's not as shitty as what we've seen before.
2: This was a really cool moment for me. It really helped me understand that there's two characters in Matt Hardy right now. So I think that this particular thing was really genius. Because up until now, even though I knew that was the case, I just wasn't really seeing it that way. I was just kind of seeing Matt Hardy, like maybe he had a concussion and he's crazy. But now I'm seeing like, okay, there's some real psychological stuff at play here. He's like, he's really crazy. He believes that he's he's two different people. So I think this was genius. This was a really great way to establish that these are two different people.
0: I agree. That's what uh that's what I liked about it. I wasn't expecting them to do that because like you said, I was just kind of thinking that this was a whole broken Matt Hardy and that's all we were really gonna get out of it. But I like that it's essentially they're using
2: both sides. Oh, uh, shout out to him calling Chris Jericho "lay hole of the ass. thats I believe that's, pretty, that's how we opened that segment up
1: and I knew that it was going to be a winner. He also spilled the juice of the orange on the counter. <laughs> Alright, I lost track. Where are we at now? It's on
2: you for rave. rave. Alright, my next rave I'm going to give it to... Uh, Drake versus Jake Atlas. Um, I'm really enjoying this the storyline with Drake. I'm not 100% sure what's going on behind the scenes, whether this man is fired, not fired, it's a work, not a work. I don't know, but I really appreciate this, this little twist on it. And it actually has me uh, really supporting Drake and really wishing that he, he would stick around. Um, and Jake Atlas looked great here, obviously. A lot of times if I'm struggling to sleep at night, I like to kind of like fantasy book either WrestleManias or try and think of new creative finishers. And I always think to myself, how many finishers are really left? And then I see something like what Drake did or what, uh, Atlas did. And I was just absolutely amazed. What did you guys think of that finisher?
1: i gonna be honest, I don't even remember it. As somebody who pays a ton of attention, I, I don't. it didn't really strike me enough to remember it.
0: So he, he went, did the cartwheel yeah. on the ropes into a DDT.
2: Yeah, he climbed the turnbuckle, did a cartwheel on the actual ropes, which then dismounted into a DDT.
0: I um, thought it so was yeah. super clever, and when it happened, I was like, I really want to see a replay of this. Uh, just because it happened so fast, I wasn't really sure. And then when they showed it, like they slowed it down on the replay, it was so freaking smooth, man. Like I don't understand how he went from a cartwheel. One, how you even cartwheeled on a rope in the first place. But to to dismount as smoothly as he did into that DVT was
2: fantastic. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. It was one of the highlights of the week.
1: I have to be honest, this whole tournament isn't working for me. And maybe that's why it didn't resonate with me like it did for you guys, even if it was an impressive finisher. It's not working. The Drake Maverick angle and and I didn't go against you because I, I don't think Well, it's I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna go ahead and finish the rave because I feel completely opposite and you're stealing my thunder here. <laughs> good. I feel like this uh, tournament is doing a really good job at divine, defining the cruiserweight division for me. The only thing is I can't tell are all of these guys just squash matches or are all of these guys to be taken seriously? And I'm worried about the way that the tournament is set up. That maybe the purpose of that is for a lot of fifty-fifty booking, which I'm not looking forward to. But for right now, uh, the the tournament is actually working for me, and this was the first week that it really caught on. Maybe because of the Drake uh, stuff specifically.
1: Yeah, it's I want it to work. I I wanted to get behind it and be excited about it. It just it, it hasn't. I uh, I can't help but to think that none of these guys are really gonna be anything special, and. It sucks to say that, and it sucks to have that opinion without it being proven. I Again, it's just WWE's faults and things we've seen in the past that kind of affect your your future outlook and, and thinking. But looking at the people in this tournament, I don't see anybody that I go, you know what, that's somebody I really can see doing something special uh, four months from now or six months from now. And it's really making it hard for me to enjoy the tournament as much as I'd like to. I will get into my next rave and it's going to go to NXT as well, but it's going to be the Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae video package with a table for three kind of vibe in the beginning. And then just that mixed dark vibe as well. I, I, the way they did this was very intriguing to me. I enjoyed it. I think it was a nice way to take what was already starting to build with Gargano. And we've all, we've always seen LeRae as a face and put her in a heel role now. I think this was a nice way to do it. Instead of the status quo, Candice LeRae just beats up one of her friends and shows you that she's heel now. I thought this was a nice way to do it. I felt like everything that LeRae said was realistic. She has been kind of just there hasn't been featured as as some someone that would be an NXT Women's Champion. So the reversal of her role makes sense here. And Gargano, we already have seen why he's done this. And that made sense for me as well. So I really enjoyed it.
0: So let's talk about the most important part. The cup encased on the center of the table. <laughs> that was a genius spot. <laughs> It was. It took me a, a while to notice it was there, but when I did, I was like, "Okay, this is that."
2: That's a genius thing to do. A
1: little disgusting.
2: <laughs> for me, for me, Johnny Gargano as a heel is not landing for me. I'm not. In, I didn't enjoy the promo that they they did on Wednesday. Uh, I don't enjoy listening to Gargano talk as a heel, but as face, he's had so many like c- conclusions to his character arcs. That this really is the only thing he can do. And so I hope that he can polish that character up a little bit. But it's, it's not working for me right now.
0: Alright, so for my final rant, I'm going to go and put this on AEW um, with the Wardlow enhancement match. We have not seen Wardlow since the Cody Cage match. Um, if we have, it's been one match and I don't even remember it. And you go from him facing Cody in a cage match, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Uh, it got me behind Wardlow so much, and then again, uh, uh, like Roy says a lot, is that when you do certain enhancement matches, it feels like it cools somebody down. I I understand MJF isn't there right now, but oh
1: shit, this is a rant. Yeah, yeah, ring the bell. You can continue. I, I messed up and thought you're Raven, but I, I realized the tone that this was going.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time tonight, it's time for rant versus rave. Wait, did you do that the first time? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's he did okay. He, um so like I was saying, I feel like this this he's already cooled down in a way because MJF isn't there and you haven't been using him. And then You bring him out in an enhancement match, and I'm already not behind him because I haven't seen him in a while. I wasn't excited to see him the other night. And you give me a match that I know he's automatically just going to destroy somebody. So it's like, okay, I don't care. I saw how good of a match he put against Cody Rhodes, so I know he's destroying this guy. I had no interest in this match whatsoever, and I feel like they just threw something together here, and it didn't sit well with me at all.
1: I can completely understand where you're coming from because a lot of times I hate enhancement matches and I feel like they're using them for the wrong people. But for this week, and I had combined the two, I felt like enhancement matches for Wardlow and Birdie Lee worked and they made sense. We're talking about Wardlow, and the reason I think it worked for Wardlow is because I haven't seen him in a long time. I wanted to see more Wardlow. I loved the cage match that he had with Cody. And it has been so long that I felt like, you know what? A enhancement match works here. So we can get him a win, get him some wins, get some momentum for him, and then start to build his character separate from MJF, which I hope is the case because I don't really want to see him paired with MJF for too long or the typical, okay, well, he ends up feuding when MJF is his first big feud because we have seen that so many times. But I felt like this was okay for Wardlow, and his finisher was just ridiculous. So seeing it you know, with essentially a jobber it looked even more ridiculous. I was okay with this.
2: Uh, I'm going to give it a rant, and also I kind of forgot that Wardlow and Lance Archer aren't
1: the same person. <laughs> okay. If I'm being I, honest. I also laughed at the fact that he called him War Dog in the beginning, and that shows you how long it's been since we've seen Wardlow. I, I get it, you know, and, and it's not something that I felt extremely strongly about, but in my opinion, I felt like this was a, a decent way to use an enhanced match. It didn't bother me as much as it normally does.
2: Yeah, you had valid points. For sure. Greg, you want to
0: uh, say something? Uh, I mean, it got the rant. I said what I had to say about it. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from, Blake, because as you mentioned, Brody Lee, uh, that one did sit well with me because it's it's setting up a little more now with what we got announced for next week. Although it is, uh, uh frick, why why the hell can't I think of his goddamn name? It's Marco,
1: and it, it it essentially is another enhancement match, just right. not like it's a driver.
0: Exactly. So, um, I feel like they're pushing in a direction for possible storyline finally with Brody, uh, especially with this new guy being recruited i don't know who this new guy is if he's actually going to play out to be something or not um but it sounds like we're actually getting uh a character out of this because this guy he uh if i remember correctly he it, it, apparently he's a fa- he was a heisman hopeful and he he got injured and he lost his girlfriend because she thinks that he's trash now that he didn't get certain things so well, i feel I guess like there goes my rave, huh hope oh, i'm sorry <laughs> So you can blame Blake. He uh he brought him Brody Lee well, so I was just explaining I was just about said, about What about and you,
2: had a conversation about it?
0: My bad. So, Go ahead. What is your now, rant? Hold Roy? On. I, I do have
1: a question for you, but when we you just finishing up on this. So the thing that I kind of find interesting, and, and it it wasn't fair to use it against you for rant versus rave, but I want your opinion on it. And Roy, this one bothered you more than the Kenny Omega enhancement match? Well, this wouldn't be a question for
2: me because I didn't write down either one of these. I was just, so, I was forced into a judging position.
0: I also had Omega in an enhancement match, but what set, what didn't sit with me was the fact that we hadn't seen Wardlow in so long because it's, it just feels like they were like, oh, hey, guys, we want you to remember that this guy still exists. And to me, it was like, okay, well, you could have done that any other way. Uh, the, hell, you could have put him against Pineapple Pete and I'd have felt a little bit better about it. But it, as far as Omega goes, that one did that one didn't sit well with me, but that was one of those ones where it's like, okay, this is something I can see coming. He doesn't have his tag team partner. He can only face the same people a certain amount of times. There, you know, I can see that. They're gonna give Omega a match each week. So it like again, it was a rant for me, for Omega, but it just didn't sit or the other just didn't sit as well.
1: See, that's interesting because I, I actually had Omega as a rant. For it because I felt like he's one of the last people in AEW who needs an enhancement match and that those type of matches should be for future talent, people you're building up. So that's why I wanted to ask because in my opinion I felt like his was a lot worse than Wardlow the guy who we need to see more of who is trying to build a character and Omega got one at the same time so that's why I wanted to ask you because I was just curious but go ahead Roy on to your next one. Uh
2: my so we're at rant now, right?
1: Yeah, our final rants.
2: Final rants. My last rant is going to go to the history of Bray and Braun video package. Uh this after seeing so many video packages between all of the companies lately, this really exposed some of the copy and paste stuff that WWE does where it's, this guy says a thing, I'm going to beat you at the pay-per-view. And then the music goes, and the guy's like, well, no, because at this pay-per-view live in city, I'm going to beat you. And then the music goes, (laughs) and then it's like the two of them in the ring brawling, And it's like, it's just so uncreative in a world right now where you have every opportunity afforded to you, to create something magical with these videos and I also stopped and said to myself well they only have a week and I was like okay but every video that I've seen they've only had a week the stuff that I'm seeing in AEW and NXT and I mean ultimately this it got the job done but when I hold it up to all of the other things that I've seen lately and when I take into consideration that this is what you should be capitalizing on this is a great way to fill some of the air time uh, it was really disappointing. And I also don't understand what decides when it's Bray, what decides when it's Fiend, and what is the difference.
1: All right. My last one's going to go to Raw again. It's a horrible show on Monday. But why in the hell was I watching Bobby Lashley flip fucking tires? <laughs> Kobe
2: really liked that. Kobe ate that shit up. He was so excited about it. He's like, if he does that, that's impressive. And he did it close. Like, holy shit.
1: Like, why? It's so weird that, like, the WWE image of, like, a strong guy is always, like, let's have him flip some tires. I've seen that so many times. just like, and they honestly, you know what? This may have been a rave if he couldn't flip that second tire. I would have probably laughed my ass off at that. But of course he flipped it you know what I mean like that's that's what they do I just it's so weird I don't like wh- what is what is supposed to come out of me after that holy so, shit. Bobby Lashley <laughs> I gotta take him seriously now he's flipping some tires I don't what's next
2: It is a really interesting conversation topic because I agree 100% with you and it got two or three different segments that bored the hell out of me. And it makes me think, why are we doing this? And then I'm sitting across from somebody who is having the time of their life watching him flip the tires. So I'm like, I mean, I guess there is an audience for it. It's just not me.
0: So as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, he's flipping tires. I'm so impressed. I watched Braun Strowman supposedly flip a car. I don't give a shit about somebody flipping a tire. Like... I, it just,
1: yeah, it. It's but weird. look how big that tire was, Greg.
0: And and how weird was the first segment when he like calls in Lana and then has to repeat himself like, come on, like you're supposed to come into frame now. That was that was a little weird to me. Um, so over to our final raves of the week, and my final rave is going to Dexter Loomis. Um, I I know I mentioned earlier about this match and how I was supposed to feel. Ultimately I enjoyed the match. Um I thought it was a very cool spot that um uh oh god, who was his partner originally that got taken out? Anybody want to help? Was him?
2: it Finn Balor? No, he,
0: that answer. was supposed to, that was supposed to be the main event. Finn Balor I mean, found answer, bitch. No, it <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was Keith Lee. And they they attacked Finn Keith Balor. Lee. Keith Lee Keith Lee's taken Finn Keith Lee was taken out of the match. And, uh, so they're like, he doesn't have a partner, it's him, you know, the typical one on two. And usually they, they let it end like that. And I thought that that's what we were getting. And then out of nowhere, you just see Dexter Loomis with this blank ass stare on his face. He climbs up. It's almost like he doesn't even want to be his partner. He just wants to be there to kick someone's ass, stretches his hand out. Like just, just fucking tag me. Cause I'm going to destroy these guys. And I just I I'm really liking this character of Dexter Loomis. I feel like they're pushing this guy, especially to put him in this type of match out of nowhere. Again, I told you guys last week that this is the type of character that intrigues me at times because it's it. it, There's so many questions. Why did he? Why did he? One week destroy a guy where we're supposed to be thinking, okay, possibly he's a heel. Then we get the maybe he's neither. uh, A part of it because now. He randomly shows up to help the face and you don't know why he's doing it. You have no idea what his background is. You don't know why he, you know, he's got this just blank stare on his face constantly. And for whatever reason, I'm super intrigued by this.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I really liked Dexter Loomis. I hope Roy can get into him. I know he said he was, you know, kind of not as into it as you and I are. So, Curious to see what he thought about this. I also noticed that they had him standing in the same area again. I don't know if you caught that, Greg. They didn't acknowledge it on commentary. But once again, he was just standing there during the night. And I guess that's where he came out of to just enter this match. I thought it was another unique way to use him, and I liked it. I
2: do find him extremely intriguing. I'm very interested in where where he's headed or what the hell is like his motive, what drives him, what is he trying to accomplish? Uh, so, my final rave? Yes, sir. I'm going to give it to the Cody Rhodes promo at the very beginning of AEW that really set the tone for the night and really made me take this tournament a lot more seriously than I had been. Up until now, it was just kind of a thing that was happening just an excuse for matches when they did this video package and Cody kind of hyped it up. I started to feel like there was more to it. I remembered why I'm emotionally invested in a lot of these characters. And I remembered some of the great matchups that we're going to see here. And this extends to the, uh, the Kip Sabian promo with Dustin Rhodes too. Dustin and Kip Sabian had, I think one of the best ones. Particularly, I love when Kip Sabian said that, you know, everybody's telling me that you're in your prime, and I'm waiting for that classic, but you're just the old dog I'm going to shoot in the barn. But he didn't go that direction at all. He said, I agree. He said, you're at your absolute best. He's like, but that's what makes me more dangerous. I haven't reached my peak yet. I'm not at my prime. Um, I'm getting better every day. Um, and this son small...
1: bitch found a way to throw Kip Sabian in his rave.
2: Hell yeah, man. So I was talking to my buddy Johnny, one of our listeners, and he and I are on the same page so fucking much you wouldn't believe it, just constantly, to the point that I messaged him about Kip Sabian to trash talk you guys, and we had never even talked about him, I don't think. I never even asked for his opinion or anything. I was just so positive that we were on the same page here, and... I don't know. He messaged back something to the effect of fuck Kip Sabian or something. But it whatever <laughs> yeah, it, was, it absolutely broke my heart. It broke my heart. And I started to realize more like, okay, people aren't seeing what I'm seeing here. Um, And so I, I hope that you two will start looking at him a little closer and maybe see if you can see what I'm seeing or feel what I'm feeling rather. Um, because everybody's going to have their separate opinions, obviously. There's not a right or a wrong way, but I really love Kip Sabian and I want you guys to be able to enjoy
1: him too. Kip Sabian's number one fan, right here Roy the Roy Row. And oh, that was weird. He like disappeared on the video and then popped back in. I was, I was like, damn, he might be out now.
2: No, so. somebody, somebody was calling and I guess it kicked me out temporarily. But so, so yeah, on. the Cody Rhodes tournament. Uh, promo in the very beginning really set the tone for the entire night for me because most of the matches were this tournament and I it made me really sit up and take notice like okay I re- I'm i really interested in what's going to happen tonight now
1: yeah I had that as well I I like the fact that they made it feel so much more important to me this belt because I have a hard time in WWE with their mid card belts they don't feel important and I was and still am a little bit afraid that I may not I may feel the same way for this belt in AEW but they really made it feel like these guys need to win, and the guys that are in it, a lot of them, I feel like they do need to win. They did yeah. use a lot of the wrestlers that, other than Dustin, Dustin's the only one right now that's left that I'd be disappointed to see Dustin win it. Dustin doesn't, you know what I mean? He doesn't need
2: this. And even then, I feel like he he had his place early rounds. Just adding that whole career thing to it just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way.
1: But the other guys that are in it with, with Cody and everything that happened with him and Jericho and, and Archer and Darby, like these guys, they, they need this belt, and and they'll be important for this belt. So I love what they did. My final rave of the week is actually I'm going to go to Raw. It's the only thing that I enjoyed on Monday Night Raw, and it's going to be Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan beating Ruby Riot, And she has gotten so much better in the ring, and I don't know... If WWE is noticing it or not, maybe they are because they gave her a win here. I am a little heartbroken that she isn't going to be in the money in the bank. Even if she wasn't going to win, I felt like it would have been so good for her to be in it. Kind of the same thing that I talked about with Murphy. It's just someone that you can build a future upon and to have in that match and maybe have a moment or two to help them further along. I I'm really enjoying Liv right now. She's one of my favorite women's wrestlers, and I'd love to see more of her in this winning role.
0: Greg. That's me. Um, so <laughs> sorry, I was uh I was tallying everything up. I was listening to what you were saying. Um, let's go ahead and do some honorable mentions. Um Roy do you want to start with a couple of rants I have none
1: Blake I've got two that I'll use the enhancer match for Mia Yim I just don't like Mia Yim I've made that very known on this podcast I'm not a fan of Mia Yim it's like I didn't need to see a Mia Yim enhancer match to set up a match for Mia Yim and Charlotte where Charlotte's clearly going to dominate her and the other thing that I didn't really like on NXT was the Shotzi Blackheart Degan Fox pairing. It's just really weird. What is that noise? I think that's your chair or something, Greg. No, it's not it my chair. Cool. I'm hearing
0: it too. It's not my chair.
1: I just I didn't understand it, and it didn't make sense to me. I don't think it did anything for any of the four women involved in this match.
0: All right, so I'm going to do a little something different this week with my honorable mentions. Um, as you all have heard me talk about my son, Caden. What is that? Um, so uh, my son, Caden, has been asking me to be a part of this podcast for a while. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you guys about that for the future. But for today, I'm going to use my uh, honorable mentions to let you know some of the things Caden did or did not like for this week. Um, he only wrote down SmackDown this week because that's all he watched. Uh, so, he, he wasn't a fan of the uh, Corbin and uh, Drew Gulak match. He was not a fan of the Sheamus enhancement match. And he was not a, a fan of Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans.
1: Interesting. I, I like this. I like this. It's- Caden's corner right
0: here, you know. It is Caden's corner. <laughs> All right, Roy, do you have some honorable
1: mentions for Ray?
2: Yes. You asked me what they are?
1: Holy shit. <laughs> I think you figured out where the audio was coming from. Yeah,
0: it's definitely coming from Roy.
2: <laughs> what is it?
1: it?
0: You're like, you've got this weird like uh, it's like a. I don't. It's not like a static, but it's like it's making like your a
1: static, and now it went from normal to Roy yelling at us.
2: Yeah. Did I and, fix it? Uh,
0: not, really. not really.
1: Stop yelling.
2: I don't hear anything. What the hell's happening? All right, now it sounds
1: That's better. A little bit better.
2: <laughs> like is this better?
1: Yeah. Let's get through this. <laughs>
2: okay. Um. I really think Jericho has a. Future in commentary because I really enjoyed him again. Um, something that I wrote down specifically was when they talked about, I think it was Sammy, uh, down to the one boot, and he made the comparison of, you know, how it is when you're trying on new shoes and you're walking around and you're all off balance. and I'm like, you know what, you're right, that is difficult. How is he wrestling like that? Whereas I never would have thought that before, I'd be like, relax, he just lost the boot. Uh, I really appreciated Morrison. In between Mrs. sentences, saying "Hey, hey, oh, oh," <laughs> and then I think my last one was Lacey, Lacey Evans' daughter being Sasha Banks' fan.
1: Okay, um, Greg, do you want to give yours so you're not last again? Okay. Sorry, please. I forgot. Uh,
2: Jericho referring to the audience as the AEW Galaxy.
0: Uh, So, what he had for raves is going to be the Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross versus uh, Dana Brooke and Carmella. Uh, He liked that Alexa and, as he puts it, tag team partner one. Uh, He enjoyed the Triple H. Uh, He wrote down Triple H, the King of Kings. And then he also wrote down, took water from H. So I'm assuming he liked that the guy (laughs) took the water from him as well.
1: That's awesome. All right. My honorable mentions for this week. The Jeff Hardy Chapter 3 Redemption. I've really enjoyed this whole series that they're doing with Jeff Hardy. But as soon as they replayed the moment for WrestleMania 33, it's been, what, three years, and I still get goosebumps every time I see them replay it, being in that moment and us being in Orlando and just everything that came with that moment is one of my favorite wrestling moments, if not my favorite. And I get goosebumps every time I see it. So that of course was a hit for me. Dude, just to
0: touch on that. I will never forget how, how well the new day set it up. And they were like, who, who they're in ring gear. Uh, I think big E even starts to walk to the ring and then you hear the Hardy boys music hit. And it, yeah, I think, I think some of us had, like, tears of joy in our face. I know I had... Talking about it now, I've got goosebumps again. It was such a great moment, man. It's definitely one of my top WrestleMania moments, like you said.
1: For sure. And the last one I'll have is I kind of enjoyed Angel Garza and Austin Theory refusing to help Andrade, despite <laughs> Selena trying to convince them. At, at this point, it's like, all right, I get the vibe that these guys are kind of here to lose right now and to push... McIntyre, and I'm not saying that's the best move, but somebody's got to do it, and I, I liked what they did there, because it was just like they made it seem like, wow, like Drew McIntyre isn't right there, like, I'm not going in there and getting my head knocked off by this guy, so I thought it was kind of hilarious that Selena was trying so hard to get them in, she's like, it's 2-1 and, and then they're like, nah, nah, they're like we ain't going in there, I thought that was funny
0: Alright so, the results are in And before I give you the best show of the week, what did you guys think was the best show of the
2: week? Uh, AEW for me.
0: Both of y'all say AEW? Okay, in last place, as always, with negative five this week (laughs) is Monday Night Raw. In third, with a total of zero, is SmackDown this week's winner a new capital R champion NXT.